Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is a message brought to our church by a guest speaker. We hope that it is a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God has used it in your life. Well, uh, let's do this. If you have a marker, one of these ribbon thingy bobs, if you would put it in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 59, Isaiah 59, that's almost in the middle of your Bible. Turn to the very middle of your Bible and flip toward the back, and if you don't come across Isaiah in a few minutes or a few seconds, go the other way, but it should be probably to your right if you're not in the middle of Isaiah. Isaiah 59, put a marker there, and then go back to the front of your Bible, toward the front, to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel is not too far from Genesis, so if you go back to the front of your Bible and start flipping toward the middle, if you get to a 1 or 2 book, stop, because all those 1 and 2 books are together. 1 Samuel chapter 2. Now, I am going to say tonight, I'm going to take you to different passages of Scripture, and uh, I hope that you'll go with me to these. Uh, They have value to them. They have uh, weight to them, and so I hope you got your Bible. Let me see over there. Boy, that looks good over there. Those guys aren't sitting over here tonight. They're sitting over there. They've got their Bibles right there. It's awesome. And, uh, but if you'll turn there, because just like last night, I felt like I really and truly wanted everybody to see those words in the Bible. Tonight, I'm going to take you to some passages that, that just really do you good for your eyeballs to catch it too. All right? So uh, we're going to start in 1 Samuel chapter 2, and then I'm going to take you to a couple other passages. So if you're able, I'd ask you to stand with me, please. We stand to give reverence and to give honor to the eternal, infallible, inerrant, it's the perfect, preserved word of the living God. Amen. All right. Chapter 2, verse 2. There is none holy as the Lord. Now look at the Lord there. It's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. There's no doubt about it, this is the Lord God. For there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Now if you'll turn to Psalm 99. Psalm 99 is getting closer to the middle of your Bible. Psalm 99. At uh, verse number five. Exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. Verse nine. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is, what's that word, folks? He's holy. Amen. Isaiah now, chapter six, where we were uh, the last few nights, and so. You got a marker in Isaiah 59. You're not too far away. Isaiah chapter 6. The seraphims 
Remember last night I kind of told you that they're one of the words, if you look up Strong's, it says they're the burning ones. They've never known any other place except the throne of God. And in verse number three, one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now look at Isaiah 57. Just keep going. Isaiah 57, please. Isaiah 57, verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is, what's his name? Holy. This is what he says. He says, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. What's he doing there? To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Now, if you go with me, the last book of your Bible, the Revelation now. Revelation chapter 4. The last book of the Bible. <clears throat> Ready? Look at verse number 8. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. They were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. One more passage, chapter 15. The Revelation 15, please. Verse number 4. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. Mercy. These are powerful verses, and these verses help me and you see, I use the term the otherness the apartness, the separateness of God. He is altogether different than we are. Somebody say amen. amen. Let me pray with you, please. Our great God, thank you. Thank you so much that you love us. Thank you that you, you haven't given up on us. We're still breathing air. We're here. Thank you. I ask you to have your way in our hearts and souls tonight. Speak to us. Talk to our hearts. Confront us. Convict us. If we need it, admonish us. Please, please meet with us tonight. Get our attention. Jesus, if we're not where we ought to be in our relationship with you, if we're not saved, I pray people find themselves under deep conviction and awareness. They are not saved. They must be born again. They must be forgiven. And then for us that are saved, I pray you'd speak to us. And if we're not where we ought to be, that you would... Stir us up, revive us, change us. Lord, as we look at this serious character of who you are, that you're holy, I pray you would illuminate our hearts and minds and that we would surrender and yield and enjoy the marvelous fellowship that we have with you. So, Lord, we love you tonight. 
Thank you for what we've already enjoyed. Thank you for what you've done, but thank you for what you're about to do. So thank you, Jesus. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. These verses, on purpose, I read them. I just want us just, just to bounce around in our brain again. There's no doubt about it. Our God is holy. He is pure. He is free from all stain. He's free from all wrong. I was thinking, and I don't know, I'm a simple-minded person, but if we were going to paint God... We're going to get a brush and find some paint. And we only, we only get to use one color. It's just this one color that we're going to paint God. Isn't it true? Isn't it true? The, if that was our assignment, isn't it true that we would find the whitest white we could find? The purest white, the whitest white, the most brilliant white we could find because there is no speck in him. He's perfect. He's pure. This perfection of God, this righteousness of God, it did not come from the psychology of man. Man did not invent God. He is the source of everything that is, would you agree? He's the source, time out, God is the source of everything that is right. That's that's how we know what is right. And you can say this, he's not only the source of everything that's right, he's the standard for everything that's right. So if we want to know what is right, you go to the standard to find out what is right. (laughs) My dad uh, was my preacher, but he has 11 children, and uh, he he did carpentry uh, before he got saved, after he got out of the army, the service, he did carpentry, and Anyway, throughout that, he became a cabinet maker and so on. Anyway, he did carpentry on the side. And my brother is the oldest in the family. He quit school when he was 16, got a full-time job, and then as soon as he turned 18, the day he turned 18, he went to the Army and so on. So he's gone, and then there's three girls, and then there's me. So when my dad had a job to do, he'd go, David, you're going with me. And we would go do these carpentry jobs. And most of the time, it's kind of a remodel. Remodel the bathroom, remodel the kitchen or something. What that means when you remodel stuff, you're going to tear up stuff. And I was real good at that. <laughs> but what my dad did, he let me tear up stuff too, but he would make a huge mess and he'd go, now clean this up. And that's the only reason he took me is to clean up stuff or go get a board for him or whatever. Anyway, uh, I never learned how to do carpentry, even though I helped my dad many hours. I never learned how to do it. I, if I built it, it looks like a third grader made it. And you say, no, you don't have to do it. So anyway, my dad would say to me, I want you to go get me a two by four and get a straight one. 
Well, you know, carpenters look like this. They look down at the thing and all that. He said, the way you know if you have a straight one or not, pick up the board and put it against a straight one, and if it's not straight, you'll know it. So he was saying, if you have a straight edge, you put up the board against the straight edge, and you'll know immediately if it's straight or not. Is everybody with me? So if you want to know if something's crooked, put it against something straight. So here's what I'm going to tell you. God is the straight one. He is the straight edge. Watch. God is the standard. He's not the standard of some things. He is the standard altogether of all things. Isaiah 145 says it like this. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his work. That means he's perfect in all his work. He's righteous in all his way. That means he's perfect in all his ways. He is the straight edge. He's the standard for what is right. So everything that God does is righteous. Everything that God does or has ever done is holy. The other word for holy is what? Perfect. Here we go. The other word for holy is? No, come on, everybody play, please. It just helps me so much more. The other word for holy is? Thank you. It's perfect. God is perfect in everything. Now watch this. His holiness is active. It's not sitting in a couch, laying down somewhere. It's not in a shed or in a barn, in a box somewhere. His holiness is active because everything he does is holy. Watch. He has never, he has never, he has never made a boo-boo. He's never made a mistake. It's impossible for him to do that. Well, because he's holy. He's holy in all his ways. Now, he's holy in all his ways. Now, I know that you're agreeing with me, and you're going, yeah, yeah, he's holy, he's perfect, yeah, he's holy in all his ways. But for some reason, us humans and our brain, we think he's made a couple boo-boos. We think he's made a, a mistake here and there. I'm just serious as I can be. Now, I'm an old man now, but when I was a younger man, I'll be honest with you, I looked in the mirror and I thought, he made a mistake right there. <laughs> I've never met anybody that thinks their face is absolutely perfect. Now, I know some girls that act vain and they act proud, but even those girls think they got a boo-boo here and there. They all do, that's why they put on, well, never mind. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. But I'm telling you, us in this room tonight, I'm not talking about back when I was a young man and so on. I'm talking about just in these last few weeks, we think God made a boo-boo. Well, Brother Dave, you're not me. I know he's perfect. He's never made a boo-boo. Well, let me bring up a couple. There's a verse of Scripture in the Holy Bible that says, pray without ceasing. Is anybody aware of that verse of Scripture? I'm pretty sure without ceasing means all the time. Now, surely he didn't mean that. 
Is everybody hearing me? Because when it, pray without ceasing, we feel like, well, that kind of means like all the time. And since that's kind of impossible, I don't think you really meant like that. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? It's almost like we're in defiance to God saying, I know you've never made a boo-boo, but evidently that means something else. Is everybody hearing me? No, ladies and gentlemen, it says pray without ceasing. We're supposed to have a heart, mind, and spirit attitude that we're in communication with God all the time. Right now while I'm preaching, I'm supposed to have a hard attitude and communication with God. And often while I'm preaching, I'm asking God, in the midst of preaching, I'm asking God, God, help this land on someone's heart. God, help somebody catch it. God, help me to know how to say it so they can catch it. Is anybody hearing me? God, get a hold of their heart. Bring great conviction to them. In the midst of my talking, in the midst of my, excuse me, excuse me, every one of you women know that while you're talking, you're thinking of other things you're getting ready to say. <laughs> and while we're talking, you certainly are thinking about what you're getting ready to say. <laughs> we can be in an attitude of prayer recognizing that God is God. Is everybody hearing what I'm saying? Do you know how much that could help us if we stayed in an attitude of prayer while we're in the midst of being tempted, but we've been in this attitude of prayer and then temptation comes along? Temptation is no big deal if we've been in an attitude of prayer all the time. Does anybody hear anything I'm talking about? But no, no, he probably didn't mean that. Let me give you another one. Some people believe that when God says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, uh, what is that about? That's like attending church service to assemble. Some people believe, well, it doesn't really mean it like that, you know, because, you know, everybody can't go every time. Is anybody hearing me? There's all kinds of people that say they're Christians that God didn't really mean it like that. I know, I know we're in the midst of COVID-19, the coronavirus. I know we're in the midst of that, and because of officials and government and authority and so on, they've, they've restricted uh, us from meeting and so on, and some of you are not here tonight because of that very thing, but some of you are not here tonight, not just because the government said that, it's because you truly have a fear of maybe getting sick from somebody else. The flu and viruses have been around a long time. We've had all these flus go by, and they actually, people die every year of the flu. And people are going to die of uh, this coronavirus. They're going to die from it. They already have. Perhaps, uh, probably more people will. Somebody died today in Oklahoma from it. It happens. If you have that kind of fear and so on, I understand if you feel like you're subject that you, you ought not be there. But ladies and gentlemen, watch, watch. Don't let some virus and don't let some fear keep you from being obedient to what God wants you to do. Amen. And we all got good sense. If you have the flu, you ought not be here. Amen. Now, if you've got allergies and you keep going, <laughs> allergies are not contagious. But the flu is. If you got the flu, don't bring it here. 
Amen? We should have enough sense to know that. It's like they, they, they made this big deal about washing hands because of COVID-19. Well, what were people doing before? Were they not washing their hands? I'm good. What's that about? No, 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 no. If people don't attend and they use this as an excuse that they're not going to be there, they're out of sorts with God. God is the one that says, listen, I didn't write it, not forsaking the assembling. It's not asking not forsaking the assembly every once in a while. It says don't forsake the assembly. When God's people meet, God's people are supposed to be there. Amen. Amen. But some people go, no, I don't think he really meant that. I'll give you just a couple more. What about uh, tithing? Brother Dave, are you going to talk about money? Evidently. <laughs> but some people say, no, 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 that's impossible. God doesn't mean that you're actually supposed to give 10%, like 10%. He doesn't really mean that. In fact, I love it when people go, that's, that's under the law. That's under the Old Testament. We don't have to do the law no more. He nailed the law, boom, to the cross. Boom. We don't have to do that. And whenever I meet somebody that says, I don't go by the law anymore, I go by grace, I look them in the eyeball and I say, if you give less than 10%, you don't have a clue of what grace is. The truth is, if you really knew what grace was, you'd feel like you need to give it all. It's insane someone acts like they give by grace and they give 3% or 1% or they act like they don't have to give. That's insane. No, God means what he says. Hmm. Let, me, let me give you another thing that some people say God made a boo-boo. My wife was in a horrible car crash. She was in a truck going southbound with my two daughters and my aunt with her. They were going southbound on a gravel road she'd never been on before. And the, the, the road began to go uphill a little bit. So when the road goes uphill, you can't see beyond it. You're just seeing the gravel in front of you. My aunt is the one that told her to go this road. She knew where they were going. They'd already picked some peaches. They were going to go to my aunt's house and drop her off with the peaches. They came up on the, the weeds were growing up real high on both sides. They came up to this paved road, an old state highway, that was going across there that you could not see it. I went to that intersection and I drove my car up the little rise, up the little hill. You cannot see that road until you're there. There's no stop signs. They've been stolen, torn down, whatever. There's another truck going west as Nancy was going south and they met each other there. He was going somewhere around 60 miles an hour. They say she was going 18 to 20. When they met, his, his speed, his weight, it was so much that it pushed her truck this way, but before it pushed it this way, they slammed into each other like this. Nancy got thrown out of the driver's door and got in between the two trucks, and bam, and it shot her out like this, like a, kind of like a catapult, rubber band, and then she hit the pavement, and evidently she slid down the pavement it pulled all the hair and all the skin up like this off the back of her head 
And it crushed her head. She had a hole in the side of her head. She has a cut across her forehead. Of course, the back is all pulled up. And my two girls, they both had light injuries compared to mom. My aunt was critical. Uh, they flew her to the hospital. They took Nancy to a little small hospital, and they said, we can't do this surgery. She has brain injury. This is serious. And they took her back north to the big hospital in Tulsa. Anyway, there's a lot of long, long story about it, but the deal is some people go, God, it shouldn't have been Nancy. She's a good woman. It should never happen to her. They got the wrong truck. Is everybody with me? Or they say, it shouldn't have been my wife. It shouldn't have been my mom. It shouldn't have been my daughter. Is anybody hearing me? Now, Nancy and I have had tragedy happen in our life, but everybody does. We're not, um, we're not special because of that. Everybody that's lived some years have some kind of disaster tragedy. Nobody's exempt. Our tragedy is not greater than somebody else's. But the truth is, how do you respond? There are scores. I wouldn't be surprised if there were thousands of people who used to attend church, but because of some tragedy, they go, well, if that's how God is, as if God made a boo-boo. Is anybody hearing me? Nearly every family has some, their extended family, nearly every extended family got somebody in it that used to, but not anymore because of tragedy, because God didn't do it the way they think he ought to do it. Did you just hear? Whenever you do that, you're saying he's not perfect. You're saying he's not holy. And when if God is not holy, I just tell you to your face, he ceases to be God. He's no longer capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. No longer Yahweh. God's holiness is intrinsic. When I say it's intrinsic, what I mean by that is that everything about him is holy. He's not just holy on the outside, he's holy on the inside. If God had a breath, then it would be holy. Everything of him. You know, that gold, they call, they say the intrinsic value of gold. That means if you have a hunk of gold like this, it's the it's, it's same value if you beat it and make it flat and shiny. If it has the same weight, it's the same value. It didn't change value at all. Is everybody with me? The intrinsic value is the same no matter what shape it's in. If you make it a ring, a necklace, a pendant, doesn't matter. It's the same value if it's the same weight intrinsically. So God is holy within. In and out, through and through, he's holy. And watch, his holiness is uncreated. He's always been holy because he's always been. So if it's intrinsic, it is in him. And since he is eternal, his holiness is eternal. He's always, the holiness has always been there. Watch. And since he is holy, it's untarnishable. Because if you could tarnish it, if you could mar it, if you could 
somehow or another make a dent in it, it would cease to be holy. But God is intrinsically, eternally holy. Somebody say amen. He cannot be unholy. It's impossible for him to lie. All right, all right, stop. Some of you I'm proud of you are going, Brother Dave, we already know that. You've been preaching that and we believe that. That's kind of why we're here. We know he's holy. So why are you telling us this? Well, thank you for agreeing that he's holy. Thank you for asking the question. Let me tell you why I'm talking about this. Because if God is this holy, we got a problem. We got a big problem. Habakkuk 1 just says, there are pure eyes that thou canst, thou canst not look on iniquity. He's perfect. Watch. We are all sinners. And he hates sin. He's not going to overlook our sin. He's not going to excuse our sin. We have this huge problem. I've asked uh, Brother Carlos, would you come and help me, and Brother Brian, and Brother Micah. Okay, Brother Robert. Which one of you are more important? <laughs> he's acting like he's more important because he's at the soundboard. Uh, come on up on the uh, platform, fellas. Here you go, Brother Robert. Just to be corona aware. They look good, don't they? All right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to illustrate and show you... Uh, um, there's this problem that I have with God. I, my, my first picture is that there is, a, there is a chasm, there is a canyon between me and God. Is everybody with me? Why? He's holy, I'm not. Brother John, no, I don't want you. Sorry. No. I was sorry, behind you. Uh, I lost my mind here this second. Uh, oh, Dustin. It's Dustin, right? Okay, come and help me. He didn't know I was going to ask him. I forgot to ask him beforehand. And then I was going to ask Brother John to do something, but he needs more hair, and so I didn't want to ask him that. So, uh, he has a little more hair than you. Okay, here, here's what I want to do. I want you to stand here, and I want you... You're pretty big, aren't you? <laughs> I'm glad you're this side. You are, you're God, okay? Okay? I've played okay. this before. Oh, good. You're going to do it again. You're God. And I'm not. There is a chasm between me and God. Why? Because I'm a sinner. There's none righteous, amen. There's this chasm between me and God. But for the illustration to work and for me to see the picture to help you, what I've done is I've asked these men to come, and they 
are the separation between me and God. And I'm just having put on the COVID-19 because it's funny. I mean, because they need to. I don't know why. But what they are going to do, they represent the chasm or the wall between me and God. Because God is holy, I've got this problem. I cannot get to him. I want to get to him. You know, people are religious all over the world. Why are they religious? Because they feel like there's some, they have some need in them. People that, people that worship rocks or sticks or spirits, the reason they do, they feel they have a need in them that they feel they know there's something beyond them. But as a person that's surrounded with what's around me, I know that I've heard there's Jesus, there's God, there's heaven, there's hell, and I don't want to go to hell. And I know there's God over there, and I'd like to get there. Now, you guys are supposed to prevent me from getting there. You paying attention? You can't let me get there. Humans cannot get there. Amen? We can try pretty hard. We can try. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You missed the illustration. You're a wall. You're not tackles. You're not linebackers. You're a solid wall. Now, I want to get there. I do. I want... You guys, you can be more firm. You don't have to... You ready? I'm going to try to get through you. I can go over you. No, I can be religious. I can read my Bible. I can give money. I can get baptized. Shoot you. <laughs> Your little fat shoulder can hurt right there, baby. He could crack a rib. No, you can be nice to people. You can get baptized. You can be benevolent. You can do the sacraments. You can pass out tracts. You can tell people you are a children's church pastor. <laughs> That won't get you to heaven, will it? You cannot approach God on your own. It's impossible. No, no, no. It's worse than that. Go to Isaiah. Go to Isaiah, where I showed you a while ago. 59. My ribbon's there. God, if you don't mind, if you guys will look at this, I'll show you all the here together. This is serious. I love verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. 
Neither is there heavy they cannot hear. Aren't you glad that God can save and hear? But verse 2 is in the Bible. Look what it says. But your, that's mine and yours, our iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Did you just hear that? Now, God, turn around, please. I'm crying out to him. He can't get to me. Because I'm wicked, I'm full of iniquity, I'm sinful, I am not clean, I'm not holy, but I want to get to God. You just think it's cute, don't you? can't get to God but God in his grace did something for me and you I'm going to ask you if you turn to Hebrews please Hebrews chapter 10 now brother John where are you would you come and help me now okay thanks Hebrews chapter 10 Come on up, Brother John. You can leave your Bible on the front pew there. Brother John's going to stand here by me. I just want everybody to look at it. Now, God, your back's turned to me. I can't get to you. Verse 19, look what it says. Oh, never mind. Okay, here we go. Having therefore, brethren, boldness... To enter into the holiest, excuse me, in the holiest where God would be? How? By the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Jesus Christ, let me put your flesh up, you want to? Jesus Christ became the new and living way. And through his flesh, through his veil, I now have access to God. God couldn't get to me until there was a door, until there was a way. And when Jesus shed his blood, God, you could turn around. When Jesus shed his blood, and his blood was shed for all mankind, and I accept the realization that he's holy, I'm not, but Jesus died for my sin. I can go through the veil. I can go through the veil, through Jesus, and I have access to God. Amen? Amen? The only way is through Jesus. There's nobody, nobody ever made it any other way. Only by the blood of Jesus. That's why he had to die for our sins. Only, remission of sin only comes by the blood. And the blood of Jesus is what shed for me, for you, for our sin. Oh, hallelujah, we have access to God. I couldn't get there on my own. But I can get there through Jesus. Amen. 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 I have access to God.
Somebody say amen. Okay, you guys can be seated. Thank you very much. If anybody feels compelled to call the police or CDC or whatever, help yourself, whatever. All right. Jesus is the new and living way. Now, I got a couple verses to show you. Um, maybe three. Go with me and we'll finish this up. Let me show you. Romans chapter 5. Romans is between where you are in Hebrews and Matthew. So just flip around in there. If you see Corinthians, stop. It's right in front of Corinthians. Romans chapter 5. Hallelujah. You ready? Look at verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith. Time out, time out, time out. Look up here. You know what justified is? Justified means uh, cleaned up. I don't have access to God on my own, but I, I can be justified. How do I get justified? By faith. Look what it says. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I have peace with God. I have access to God through Jesus. Watch. God considers me justified. That my sins are paid for. They are paid. They're gone. Somebody ought to say amen. Look, 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 look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. By whom? By Jesus also, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope and the glory of God. Because of Jesus, watch, I get to come into this grace. What's this grace? That I've been made justified. That I've been made righteous. I've been holified. And so watch, I am rejoicing. I'm standing in this. This is my security because of Jesus. I'm standing in this grace. I am rejoicing because of what he's done. If anybody on the planet ought to be full of rejoicing, anybody ought to be full of joy and ought to be God's people that have experienced the saving, the saving blood of Jesus Christ, that we know by faith we've been made righteous. Mercy. It's a bummer you go to church and you meet a bunch of sad people. Crybabies, whiners, discouraged, disappointed. Are you born again or what? We ought to be rejoicing in him. Look what he's done for us. Praise his name. Mercy. We don't deserve to go to heaven. God cannot get to me. But God in his gracious wisdom, the Trinity said, we cannot reach man. So Jesus said, I'll go. I'll be the door. I'll sacrifice myself. I'll rise from the dead. I will be the door. I'll be the access so mankind can come into the holiest of all. Amen. Hallelujah. One more verse. Romans 10. Romans 10. One verse, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be, said out loud, folks, saved. saved. 
Ladies and gentlemen, whoever will admit they're on this side, they can't get to that side, if they will call on Jesus Christ, if they will trust him and what he's done, that he shed his blood, he became a man so he could die for our sins. If you will trust Jesus and what he did for you, he says you can be saved, you can be holified, you can be redeemed, you can be forgiven, you can be justified. Can somebody say amen? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, just a couple things. Number one, if you're not saved, I'm telling you, I can't draw a better picture for you. I don't know how to make a better awareness to you to say, God's holy, you're not, you can't get there except through Jesus. If you're not saved, you need to get saved. You need to admit you need to get saved. If you are saved, are you rejoicing in it? You have that peace. Are you one of those people that are you're moody, you're up and down? Excuse me, I know all humans have moods. You're not exempt, nobody's exempt. But that ought not be the character of everything about us. The character ought to be, well, they're mostly happy. I think it might be because it might be because their cheese slid off their sandwich, but anyway, they're mostly happy. But we know we're mostly happy because we're born again. We're saved. Hallelujah. Now watch, watch. Oh, man. If you're saved and you know it, don't you think, don't you think we ought to tell other people that there's only one door? Don't you think it ought to be up to us to tell people, hey, you can get into the holiest, but you got to go through Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.